From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged for December 10th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Also joining us this week from the Peanut Gallery, Walter Eccles, Will Perry, and Teresa Eccles. In this week's show, we'll tell you about the holiday events at Universal Orlando, including my review of the Grinchmas character meal. Kathy Worling will report on this year's taping of the Christmas Parade at the Magic Kingdom. And I'll have a report on our experience with the Candlelight Processional Dinner Package. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of The Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. I have a few things in housekeeping before we get started. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I've mentioned uh, the blog, disunplugged.com. Need to uh, plug that. No pun intended. And uh, it's been uh, Kathy's been doing a great job keeping that updated, I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> Um, she's like Johnny on the spot. Anything goes on. Super blogger. She is. She's great. It's my therapy. Is it really? <laughs> well, it's it's you're doing great. You're doing Thank great. You. I'm loving uh, I'm loving your updates. Um, also, I just want to remind everybody we need emails. Uh, we got some more in. We picked up a little bit last week, but it could certainly stand to pick up a little bit more. I don't know if you've all run out of questions. I know our listenership hasn't dropped. If anything, it's gone up. Um, I don't know if uh, people are just getting disappointed that their emails aren't getting read, but now's a good time. Uh, podcast at wdwinfo.com. If you have questions for us, uh, anybody here on the show, questions about you're planning your vacation, comments on the show, suggestions for the show, whatever you want to talk about, it's all, it's all good. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. Or you can uh, follow Will's excellent video tutorial on how to record your own voicemail. We, uh, we tend to prefer those uh, since the sound quality is a lot better depending on who's recording it. Um, some of them sound great. Some of them sound, well, not so great. But um, we appreciate the, uh, especially the creative ones. The creative ones are the ones that kind of rise to the top of the heap. And I really enjoyed Diego's uh, review last week of uh, Fort Wilderness. That was very good. He was very excited that we played that. Well, it was a good. It was it a good was review. Good. It was a good review. I listened to it. Did we have to pay royalties on that music? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> no one contacted me. Well, if a bill shows up, you'll know we did. Really? Um, but uh, so yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got that out of the way. Also, you know, several months ago, I had asked people to. Uh, uh, submit uh, audio resumes to be uh, our Disneyland correspondents on the show. And we did get some in, and uh, I think that was right before Bob passed away, and that kind of got lost in the in the shuffle. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm putting the call out there again. Uh, if we have some of our West Coast listeners who go to Disneyland on a regular basis and would like to call in every so often and uh, give us reports on what's going on out in Disneyland. We'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and put together a, uh, a sample report for us. You can phone it in, 877-310-9662, or you can go ahead and record it yourself. As I mentioned, you can follow the video tutorial to record it yourself. 
And, uh, you know, it's not a paying position, but we are really nice to the people who help us out. So, you know, take that to mean whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> but if you think you'd like to do that, we'd love to, uh, love to have you send us a sample of uh, what you sound like. And uh, we're looking for some, I'm looking for probably two or three correspondents that can cover Disneyland for us. I think we need to have more content on Disneyland. Uh, being out here on the East Coast, we don't get out there nearly as often as we'd like to. And, uh, of course, if you listen to the show for any length of time, you know Disneyland is one of my favorite places on Earth. So I'd really like to see more of it uh, in the show in the, in the new year. So Now, the people that sent them before, um, can they just resend those same Yeah, files? they could resend the same ones. I didn't want to uh, reach out to them this late after they sent them um, because, you know, maybe they're not interested now or whatever. Right. But if you sent one before and you just want to resend what you sent before, that's fine. Um, that's not a problem at all. And uh, speaking of Disneyland, a few weeks ago I mentioned that I was putting together a meet, a special event for a few days uh, to coincide with the beginning of the uh, California Food and Wine Festival, California Adventure, the beginning of May next year. It's literally the weekend before the podcast cruise. And uh, we did get some good response, and I'm putting it out there again. We have a thread going on on the uh, podcast uh, discussion forum on disboards.com. For anyone who informally just wants to acknowledge that they're interested so I can get a real general head count. Uh, we are working with Disneyland. I should have some uh, uh, f- official plans uh, nailed down by the uh, first show of the new year. That's my goal. Uh, that's when we announced the podcast cruise last year. And so I'm thinking that will be our – that's when we'll announce this. So if you're interested in joining us in Disneyland in the beginning of May for a special food and wine festival celebration, it'll be go on over a couple of days. I'm planning to do some, uh, some special events exclusively for, for us, and uh, the folks at Disneyland are extremely interested in working with us to help promote uh, the food and wine festival. Uh, and because I, I, I tell you, Walter and I just absolutely fell in love with the food and wine festival last year. It's so different. Than Epcot. If you if you're thinking I've been to Epcot, so I don't need to do California, you're really missing out on something. It's a much more intimate event. It's it's a real grassroots event. It doesn't have the kind of advertising budget and financial support from Disney that the Epcot one gets. So it's really this grassroots event that is put together by by the cast members out there. And uh, of course, it's sanctioned by Disney, but you know, like I said, it doesn't get the kind of kind of muscle behind it, the money muscle behind it that, that this one gets out here. So uh, I just think it's, it's, it's an awesome, awesome experience, and everybody that is inclined to do it should uh, absolutely try and join us. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up um, uh, you know, packages that include hotel rooms and, some pack- and packages that don't, that if you, just, if you live locally and you just want to come and experience the events but you don't want to stay at the hotel because that was some of the feedback I was getting. So that's what we're looking to do right now is we'll have packages available for both just the events and hotel included. So uh, if you're interested, head out to disboards.com, go to the podcast forum and post on that thread. You could also send us an email podcast at wdwinfo.com and just let me know that you're interested. You're not making a commitment. There's just, you know, give me an idea. Yeah, I'm interested. And there's one last thing. I'm not. I was going to wait to the email show for this, but I, I just can't. 
I just can't. There was this email that came in this week about uh, my uh, my rant on the Orlando Magic, and and I just I, I'm sorry. I have to I have to respond to this. Um, I think this guy's name is Jason. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to leave his full name out of it so that I'm not humiliating him. But uh, here's what he wrote. I absolutely love the show and have listened since show one, but you crossed the line this week. I am a lifelong Orlando Magic fan, and you guys have to realize you are not the target audience for a sports team. Okay, there's homophobic comment number one. Uh, when we play on national TV, they always show the parks and promote the tourism. The tourism. Also, we have a wonderful record this year and are getting a lot of publicity and exposure. We are currently 13-5 and five and should be 14-5 and five by the time you read this message. I'm going to Orlando in two weeks, and whenever I visit Disney during the Christmas season, I always go to at least one Magic game, and this year I'm going to see them play the Spurs. Not only will a new arena help out the team's revenue, but it will also bring out bigger names in the concert live event market. Amway Arena was built when the Magic were formed in 89 and is out of date in the NBA market. You guys have to realize that the Magic aren't playing during Disney's peak season in the summer, and I know the crowds during the Christmas, New Year's Eve season, when Disney is crowded, are always more crowded. The NBA isn't what it was during the Jordan heyday, but it is still a major, major league. And the Magic are a real contender right now. You guys would have been all over this if it were built for ballets. No disrespect intended. And I'm going to pause right there. I have never been to a freaking ballet in my life, okay? And wouldn't go to one if you put a gun to my head. But because you know nothing about basketball, again, no disrespect, you really are out of touch with the current state of the team. Crowds have been good this year, and while it is more a local feel than Tourism Center, Orlando is very lucky to have the team and bring notoriety to the city. There are two things that the general public think of. This is the one I love. There are two things that the general public think of when they think of Orlando, Disney and the Magic. What planet are you on? That's it. Universal and SeaWorld isn't on the radar. You guys work in the tourism market where Universal SeaWorld are obviously much more in the minds of your clientele. I do love your show and listen to the roundtable shows religiously, but I must admit that you guys got me a little fired up this week. And if I had a podcast that belittled fine cuisine, you guys would have done the same. Okay. First, you didn't listen to what I said last week. Obviously. I'm not attacking the Magic as a, as a basketball team or the fans of the Magic. I'm talking about why is a tax that was formed and implemented to support tourism being spent on an arena for a team that the locals don't even care about. Now, I come from New York and New Jersey, and I can tell you that the Knicks and the Nets have a real hometown fan following. Always did. I could care less about basketball. I couldn't get away from the Knicks or the Nets. Okay, but Orlando, if you knew anything about Orlando, is a transient town. Most of the people here are transplants from other places and maintain their loyalties to their hometown teams. Sitting in this room right now are people who fit that description. Corey, for example, maintains a, a real strong following for LSU. I know Will is a huge Colts fan. Bob, when he was alive, the was Patriots. the Patriots. He was, he was inconsolable if the Patriots lost. This is the problem in Orlando, not just with sports teams, but with, with anything in general. This is one of the reasons Orlando has never really gelled as a metropolitan area, because it is so transient, and there, is so many loyalties. there are so many loyalties here to other places. So 
you just all you heard was basketball bad, which is not what I was saying. You didn't listen, and then you send this this ridiculous homophobic uh, email about ballet and fine cuisine and we're, us not being the target market. Look, if you got a problem with gays, don't listen to this show. I don't watch as a listener. I don't watch as a site visitor. I don't watch as a client. Okay, I have no problem making that really, really clear to everybody. Listen, if you got a problem with gays, you're listening to the wrong show. So before you send me some kind of crap like this, go back and listen to what I said. That's it. All right? I'm going to go have some fine food and watch the ballet now. <laughs> Has it, I'm sorry, have any of us been to the ballet? Has <laughs> no. anybody in this room been to a ballet? Ever? I went to no. one in the 1980s. And <laughs> that doesn't count. That's too long ago. <laughs> my friend Patty brought a box of wine, and we got a little drunk, and the lady next to us yelled at us, and Patty said, what's the matter? Can't you hear him dance? <laughs> and then we got thrown out. So, <laughs> Unbelievable. It's just that, yeah, that ballet comment. I'm like, you know what? A basketball good. Get out of here. <laughs> there were hand motions with that. <laughs> so, all right. Anything else for housekeeping? I have something for housekeeping on a much better note. <laughs> Corey and I received a gift today um, from Kim and Sophie Johnson. They're MEJKJJ97 on the boards. And it was an adorable little security blanket with a lamb attached to it. It came from redenvelope.com. With ballet guys, slippers. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's it's really cute. And I, I yes. love redenvelope.com just to say that. So thank you so much for the gift. Very nice. We're <laughs> racking up with our listeners. I'll tell you what. Yep. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's been, it's been great. You've and been I ha- I've been sending handwritten thank yous to all of them. Um, those that give their address anyway. That's if not, they nice. get a private message. It's so. very, very nice that people are uh, are doing that. Yeah. I, got, I have one also. I got some contact from uh, Professor David Zanola in Illinois. Hey, this Dave. is a person I have um, worked with with his class. And he listens to our podcast regularly and heard us talking about the brownie pan <laughs> and how we like the edges and some people like the middle. I got the S-shaped brownie pan in the mail as a Christmas gift. Awesome. <laughs> so, now you got to make some brownies for us. I'm brownie. going to. <laughs> well, I'm very excited. I'm actually, uh, Kevin put me in touch with uh, David. And uh, I'm going to be going out there and sometime in the early part of next year and doing some uh, doing some presentations with his class. I'm really, really excited to do oh, wow. that. I just wanted to say thank you, David. I also have some good news. His students uh, were recorded when they did their restaurant reviews, and he's burning them to DVD. He has to get their permission to send them out, mm-hmm. but he doesn't think that will be an issue. And we're going to get to see their reviews. Oh, wow. Oh, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So thank you again, David. Julie's already expecting brownies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? I do. I have one. We received a box in the mail in our Diz Unplugged mailbox. Why is it ticking? Yeah, really. <laughs> it's leaking. It's oozing. And I thought I'd open it on the air and see what's in it. It's from Karen Lamb, and she's sending this to us from Hong Kong. Oh, wow. My. It's not those shrimp with the eyes, is it? <laughs> You know, those dried shrimp? Yes, I'm sure. Partial <laughs> post just in a shrimp. With eyes. Oh, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, from Hong Kong Disneyland. I don't know what these are. <laughs> <laughs> they have... I bet it's candy. It looks like cookies or candy or something. And they're it's in some, these, like, freaky versions of the characters. Yeah, it's a cute little 
sort of like the characters when they were little kids. Kevin's got the card. Oh, pass those it are cute. And the card says, greetings from Hong Kong. I noticed uh, Hong Kong Disneyland really likes the baby version of Disney characters. Thought you might enjoy a taste of the freakish look. Don't worry, I stayed away from the red bean and... Can we read it there, Blindy? Something flavors. Dorian flavors? I don't know what that word is. Yeah, I like little Donald. <laughs> so I took him. Cheers, Karen. <laughs> Thank you, a- Karen. A.K.A. Clam Chowder on the boards. Oh, yeah, okay. And Pete got a letter just addressed to him personally. It's invitations to the ballet. <laughs> yeah, if there was a ballet in town, we wouldn't open the curtains if it was on the front lawn. <laughs> really? <laughs> Stop dancing on that lawn. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a very nice uh, Christmas card from her uh, being supportive of uh, my my new life. It's very very sweet, Karen. Thank you so much um, for the card and for the. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's candy. I don't know. Here, you want to open one? Open. See what's inside. I have to tell people that they think, you know, we're into fine cuisine. John and I eat in the car. (laughs) Yeah, really. You know, we review Disney restaurants, the vast majority of them being, you know, good. So Not the vast majority. Well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, just in terms of being upscale. Being upscale is what I meant. Um, Not in terms of quality, just in terms of being upscale. But, uh, yeah, if you saw how we lived, we're not... uh, Elitist. No, and yeah, I just, I'm sorry. That what really bugged me about that. The reason I read it, and he's lucky I didn't uh, give his name and his email address so that people could send him hate mail. Um, it just, it was so homophobic. It was so incredibly homophobic. And the sad thing is, this guy doesn't think it is. But, all right, now I'm looking at. You are brave. Are you going to eat that? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Podcast oh bingo, chew them. Oh, oh my gosh, no. he's turning violet. <laughs> they have like um, chocolate in them. Oh, good. chocolate oh, says right on here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to read that with your good eyes? <laughs> chocolate cream filled biscuits. Mm, they're, oh. good. they're actually very good. I think oh. it was more uh, suspenseful when he didn't know what it was. <laughs> no, looking at me like, you're really going to eat that? <laughs> they're called Mickey's Puffy Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate cream filled biscuits. Never had mouse balls. <laughs> how do you get their legs apart? I'm <laughs> sure, you had to go one step too I had far. To right? I had to take that. Come on. That's mothballs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else for housekeeping? Thank you again for that, Karen. It was very nice. All right. We're going to get started. With the news, our first news story this week, according to Comscore Incorporated, a company that tracks traffic and usage trends on the Internet, traffic to many travel-related websites and portals was down 14% in October over the same period last year. Expedia saw a drop of nearly 25% in its web traffic, while Travelocity dropped by 16% and Orbit's down by 23%. The report also shows that traffic to most major airline websites was also down for the period. And I just like to say, for the record, we're bucking the trends because uh, we're up 15%. The Diz is up about 15% for the year, and actually October and November we're up closer to 20. And uh, don't ask me why. I'm not. I'm not arguing with it, but um, 
the uh, the trend definitely though uh, across the internet has been it's been pretty brutal, especially in the travel industry. Yeah, so you know our traffic is definitely uh, our traffic is definitely doing well, um, but Expedia orbits and Travelocity, I think because of the the, the scope of what they offer, there's just so many products they offer. Where you know on our site it's just basically Disney, and there's always there always seems to be an interest in that. So even if people aren't traveling, they tend to come to the site just to get connected with it, especially the boards. Um, so. Just thought that was interesting to note. And uh, on a related story, according to an article in the Orlando Business Journal, traffic at Orlando International Airport dropped a staggering 10% in October, making it one of the sharpest declines in traffic since September 2001. While the article attributes the decline to consumers pulling back on spending as a result of the slowing economy, another factor is the the decreased number of flights coming into OIA in general. Many airlines scaled back service to Orlando earlier this fall in an effort to cut costs as a result of rising fuel prices over the summer. While the domestic news wasn't good, the same article did cite international traffic is increasing by a little over 10% for the same period. The increase in international traffic comes as many non-domestic carriers, such as British Airways and Aeromexico, have either started new service to Orlando or increased the number of existing flights. That surprises me, though. Because you know the, econ- the the economic issue is not just limited to the United States; it's it's worldwide. And I'm, I was surprised to hear that international visits were up, especially since so much of that traffic comes from Great Britain. And I know they're they're taking a pretty bad a pretty a pretty bad financial hit right now as well. So, but they're still coming. They're still coming, which is always good news. We're always happy to have our international friends come and visit us because you guys stay for like six months. All that vacation time you get. What is that about? How do they get away with that? Four weeks off a year. It's part of. It's always been part of their business culture. I remember when I used to work for Cody, and they were bought by the German company, right? Ben Kieser. Right. First thing they did is give everybody an extra week's vacation. I think it makes them more productive. Yeah, yeah. I think ultimately, yeah. what's the norm over so, there? No, what's the norm for us? Like two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Two weeks, and then they have to work like ten years to get three weeks. Yeah. Okay. But it's been, it's been a while. There, it's so. like <laughs> over there, it's just basically you know four weeks. You know, at least my impression. I could be wrong, and I'm well, sure someone will correct me. But. I know our listener um, Emil Van Leeuwen from the Netherlands, Yvette's husband. He said he gets three weeks per three year. Three weeks. I think that's what he told me. And it seems like they they take it all together. Where here we tend to take smaller, you right. know, multiple vacations. Yeah, they just like disappear for a month, like. <laughs> Like they shut down August and just go on vacation. Which they don't go on vacation either. They go on holiday. Right. Holiday. I like that. It sounds better. It sounds more fun. It does. <laughs> it involves decorations. <laughs> Related to those two stories, did you see the one about the tourist tax being down? Tourist tax is down 9.1%. Well, of course it is. Right. Of course it is. And this is us. Uh, what are we spending Orange it County. on? What are we spending it on? Bella. An arena for the <laughs> magic. <Bella>. <laughs> Two twos. And just, you know, I have to go back to something. Just to <laughs> counter one argument that he made. This is going to be the whole show. Yeah, it is. If they, had, if they were taking this money and putting it into the Bob Carr Performing Arts Center, which would desperately need it, I would be saying the exact same thing. It doesn't belong anywhere that doesn't draw in tourist dollars. And the Bob Carr no more draws in tourist dollars than the Orlando Magic do. So... All right, I'm done with that now. 
but that's where it belongs. It no belongs, one believes him. <laughs> the Taurus tax belongs. There's a in, hole in that that lid. <laughs> the, the 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 Taurus tax belongs in tourism. You know, you'd think that would go without saying, but then you you, you trust these, like I said, call them dim bulbs that run our government in Orange County, and they just and and, and now because they don't want to spend the extra money to boost tourism. You know, it's a vicious cycle, and now, we're, and now, of course, the tourism tax is down, and it's going to keep going. But we're still going to spend this money on on the magic, where it doesn't freaking belong. But have, have a magical day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. So, yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. And this story is just my favorite now. It's my favorite story in a long time. According to a report by KTLA in Los Angeles, Disneyland has fired four actors who play Captain Jack Sparrow at the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction because of a problem with female fans flashing the actors late at night. This according to a former cast member who says that girls would lose control when they would see Captain Jack Sparrow. The article goes on to say that the actors were fired around the same time that the new fairies were added to the staff for the new to staff the new Pixie Hollow attraction. Okay, the jokes are going to take a minute. <laughs> Disney denies any connection between the firings of the pirates and the addition of the new fairies, as opposed to the old ones. Well, in the woman's defense, they are in New Orleans. The pirates. So yeah. Maybe they were confused. Mardi Gras. <laughs> Bee tanging. Yeah. This is we have three women here in the the podcast room for us with us, and this is when we first started. We didn't have any women. That's right. We've slowly added women. Just let me take an informal poll. Have you ever lost control to the point where your shirts just flew off? (laughs) No, and I surely wouldn't do it for Captain Jack. Uh, I had an encounter with Captain Jack, and I thought it was some creepy person hanging all over me. Your shirt didn't just spontaneously fly off? It wasn't Podcasters Gone Wild? (laughs) not Podcasters Gone Wild. Who are these women? Yeah. Teresa? crazy. You got a mic there. Yes, I do. When you went to see David Cassidy, <laughs> anything fall out? No, I kept it all on. Okay. Because I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes that might. What happen. if it had been Bobby Sherman? I mean, definitely not. Corey has that effect on me, but not Captain Jack. <laughs> he has that effect. Oh, on I us thought too. you were going to say Corey takes his top off for Bobby Sherman. <laughs> oh man. Oh. And the pirates are replaced by fairies. I mean, what do they think is going to happen by, you know, like exposing so themselves? The is he going to, like, jump on them and they're going to, like, do it right there in the middle of the park? I mean, I don't get it. You're right. <laughs> I'm going to suddenly break character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Put your shirt back on, love. Really? That's probably what he said. <laughs> Maybe these were wall- wardrobe while malfunctions. What was that that happened to? Uh, like yeah, Janet Jackson. happened to good sentences. Yeah, they yeah. <laughs> Wardrobe malfunctions. <laughs> that's what they should claim. Oh, uh, too much. Too much. All right, that's going to do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to rapid fire. I'll go first. <laughs> she worked that out. <laughs> um, Atlantic Dance Hall is having a New Year's Eve bash at Disney's Boardwalk. And for those of you who aren't aware, New Year's Eve is December 31st, 2008. <laughs> It'll be open from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. There's a $10 cover. This does include a free champagne toasted midnight. And it'll be a dance party with dueling video DJs that'll play your favorite music from the 80s, 90s, and today, as well it as It opens videos. at 11 o'clock? Yeah. 
I only want to go if they're really dueling, shooting at each other with pistols. And it's video DJ, so they're not even there, I don't think, right? They're just there through video is what I'm assuming. Or, or, they're, or they're playing, playing video yeah. instead of playing And it doesn't CDs. start till 11 o'clock. Yes, that's, that's when the doors weird. open. So you're paying $10 for what? Three hours and some free champagne? That's probably like one of those tiny little champagne glasses, more than likely. Yeah. But if you're worried about getting back to your resort when you're, you know, drunk from that champagne, <laughs> well, Disney World transportation is going to be extended until the party is over. Oh, cool. Well, you can ride a bus drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Stop! <laughs> All right. Thank you, Julie. Corey. I have the uh, 2009 Flower Power Concert Series um, for the Flower and Garden Festival. Uh, the Flower and Garden Festival is uh, March 18th through May 31st, 2009. Uh, this concert features music from the 60s and 70s, located at the American Gardens Theater. Show times 5.45, 7 p.m. and 8.15. Some of the performers include Davy Jones, Paul Revere and the Raiders, The Turtles featuring Flo and Eddie, Herman Hermits starring Peter Noon. Herman's Hermits starring Peter Noon. The Ventures. So in other words, the same acts that have been appearing for the last 50 years <laughs> yeah. at Epcot. Yeah. Well, Harold uh, Melvin's Blues Notes, they're new. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. It's a typo. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I remember Harold Melvin. I don't. <laughs> Chubby Checker and the Wildcats. Uh, Ricky Nelson remembered featuring the Nelsons. What is he doing the twist on a walker? <laughs> <laughs> Chubby Checker, how old is he? He looked pretty good. Yeah, really? Chubby Checker looks good. Yeah. It's amazing what plastic surgery does for people. <laughs> Some of the other ones: um, Jose Feliciano, The Fifth Dimension, and Tony Orlando. One, one Tony dif- Orlando. One uh, difference this dimension. <laughs> one difference though this year they're cutting back. The uh, these used to be every day during the week, and now they're only being performed on these Friday. These people are Saturday, old. Sunday. The geezers of rock. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, that stinks. Is that they're cutting back to just the weekends now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Because um, apparently, <laughs> Davy Jones is soaking them yeah. for a Tuesday performance. <laughs> How expensive could it be? You know? I'm going to perform yeah, probably, on a Wednesday. Yeah, he probably he probably performs for lunch. You know, <laughs> just pay, feed me lunch and denture cream. <laughs> feed me. Feed me and put me up for the night, and I'll I'll sing for my dinner. We went. Was it last year or the year before to see Petula Clark? And I mean, I liked Petula Clark, and I still do like Petula Clark. However, Petula needs to stop singing. Oh, really? <laughs> it was Petula croaks her greatest hits, <laughs> <laughs> and you could actually hear the audible ooh. <laughs> she looked great And she opened her mouth And the entire audience They all sat back and went Oh <laughs> And what was sad was Petula croaks <laughs> People were literally getting up In the middle of songs And leaving It was kind of embarrassing I guess that's why She's not back this year Yeah I'm guessing She sang, she sang downtown And they all went Downtown <laughs> Sugar advice. She really didn't know a place. Oh, it was Peter Noon was good. My my daughter and I bonded over that because she didn't realize that he was around when I was like her age. I met Peter Noon in an elevator. We went to see a taping of the Geraldo Rivera show back in the eighties, and him and Casey of the Casey and the Sunshine Band rode in the elevator with us. Oh, cool. 
And Peter Tork. Not the word I would have chosen. <laughs> sure, whatever. He has been expressed. <laughs> Peter Tork of the Monkees was there, too. I, I would have left out the part that I went to a Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> yeah, really. There's a lot of stuff in that sentence I would have left out. <laughs> I used to be, you know, one of the presidents of the, the Monkees fan club back in the day. So. Oh, so that's who you took your shirt off for. <laughs> yeah. The Monkees came to town. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm noticing, though, that, uh, you know, we've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks, how they're scaling back on things. You know, I'm seeing on our updates uh, section on on the Diz homepage, Coral Reef Restaurant at Epcot's not going to be doing the diver signs or the personalized menus in 2009. Mm -hmm. With all these things being cut back, I just have to ask the question, uh, are they going to be cutting back the price of the tickets, too? No, No, of course not. Of course not. You know, um, I'm not going to get started. I'm not going to go off on another rant, but I'm just pointing it out. I'm just saying. Now, was there a fee for the diver signs? No. But some people, I can see why they did it, because some people really obsessed about the smallest little detail with that, that what was a good idea and made Disney special, some people, I think, ruined it by Kathy, why don't you explain what that is? I don't know if all of our listeners know what that was. Or That you could, for the personalized menu at Coral Reef, you could send in pictures that they would put on there and uh, they would have your name on there and some people would just, the tiniest little detail and can you arrange it this way and can you do this and that and the signs um, the divers in the tank would um, hold up a sign that would say like happy anniversary or will you marry me and those kind of things were nice or great I mean that's what Disney's all about but then there were some people that um, had a sign held up for their kids that just said hey you're a great kid you know like some of them it's like they they you know they they moaned that they had to have this and then it's like you know make it worthy you know you know they disney i think goes through a lot of time and effort to do that for you make it notable instead of like hey you're a great kid or hey the car keys are on the counter you know i mean (laughs) you know like some of them were just they didn't deserve a sign no so yeah i just um i'm interested to see what else they're going to cut back on, and uh, you know how far the, how far they're going to go? Because I'll tell you what, you know as well as I do, there's going to be another ticket price increase next year, and they're not going to they're certainly not going to stop doing that. So let's see if they don't do a ticket price increase next year, and they're scaling back on this stuff. I'll give them I'll give them a break, but I'll guarantee you they're going to cut back this stuff. They're going to look to give as little. They're going to do what Disney always does, and it just tells me that the attitude is still there. That attitude I've been talking about, that attitude of arrogance, these guest hostile policies. They're going to continue this attitude of giving as little as possible and charging you the most amount of money for it. See, I'm I'm hoping though that that's like with the towel animals in the room. I can remember when that was like you really felt like you were pixie dusted that you got that in your room. And now it's like if you don't get a towel animal in your room, it's like your vacation is ruined. So I'm hoping that Disney maybe is smart enough that maybe they'll take it away for a while, but then they'll bring it back. Because it seems like now with the Internet, once one little good idea gets out, then everybody thinks they have to have that as part of it. They have to have it as well. Well, My favorite expression is, it will ruin my vacation. I couldn't get a Salier reservation. My vacation is ruined. 
It was the only place on earth my children wanted to visit. They wanted the mushroom fillet. And now my vacation is ruined. And I always think to myself, then your children are overindulged. Right. I always, when they say we want to make it special, it's their first time. And I just always go, geez, the first time I came, I didn't need anything else in my room or at a restaurant. I was just so in awe of everything. That was special enough for me. You just wanted to meet Mickey, you know? Yeah. Well, Disney needs to learn how to cut back and when. Because some of the things are done are overdone. Like we talk about the Halloween party starting so early. In August. Right. That now that's no longer special because you can go to it any one of how many weeks. It's now noteworthy that the pirate and princess party isn't happening. Exactly. So it's almost, I mean, I don't want to see them do it away with altogether, but it's almost better that they're cutting back on some of these things Mm -hmm. so that you can have it be more special rather than it just be all the time. Same thing with the Something like the towel animals. You know, it's no longer special. It's expected. So, right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sparking that conversation, Court. <laughs> John, what do you have? Uh, you really not going to do one, Kevin? I really don't have one. He did. It's all right. The elevator we're, story. We're actually running long anyway. So. <laughs> the elevator story. Um, I have one that's self-indulgent, so bear with me. Uh, Dreams Villas 2010 rates and availability have been loaded into our system. So if you're looking to travel in 2010, we've got three-bedroom villas from $99 per night and four-bedroom villas from $109 a night for most dates in 2010. Probably, I would say, 80% of the dates in 2010 are those rates. So and do your full disclosure. Um means lift up your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Sparrow come in the room? <laughs> Uh, Kevin and I are owners of Dreams Villas of Orlando. Um, this is our business as well as the units themselves we own. So, um, uh, but, but that'll give you an idea how well they're run. So. I was just going to say, I mean, I don't want to blow my own horn and go on and on about it. We get so much great feedback from people. Um, You've developed quite a following. really have. I mean, people go and they, they book right away from coming back. They want to get the same week they had the last year. Um, I think the highest compliment we can give it is we were there yesterday. And we're walking around, and we both said the same thing. If we were going any place on vacation and found out this is where we were staying, we would be thrilled. So in my opinion, that's a real high level of yeah. if – I don't mean to sound like a snob, but if I'm willing to stay there, it's an, it's got to be nice. And mm-hmm. this is – I can't imagine anybody being, being dissatisfied. We put a, a, a guest book on our site where people can come and who stayed with us can – put their comments so you can go and read what they have to say about staying there. One of the things, though, that bugs me and one of the reasons why we did 2010 already is the people who come to us now who want to travel within the next couple of months and we're sold out. It's like you got to get to us early. Yep. you got to book early if you really want it. You know, people are like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. I understand that, but it just kind of is disappointing. So if you want to book in 2010, now's the time to go check it out. www.dreamsvillas.com. Cool. Thank you very much. Anybody else have one? I have one. You have one, Kathy? It A new t-shirt shop at Downtown Disney, because somebody corrected me. I said downtown, um, Pittsburghese last week. But anyway, <laughs> at Downtown Disney, called Disney, <clears throat> Disney Design a Tea, will open December 8th with a plethora of designs and styles. It's in um, the world of memories, the former scrapbook store. So if you've got a... A desire to design your own T-shirt or check out their plethora of designs and styles. 
Is this sponsored by Hanes? Yes. Yes. I told you about this a year ago. Yes, and they're I think they're locked in until twenty oh no, they have a ten year multi million dollar strategic alliance with Haynes. And that's so, the location they got. And that's the location. I don't even know where that is. You know where that is, where the three R's used to be. That place turns over. I do to something know where that is. Right yeah. next to the Art of Disney. Place turns over every couple of years. Well that's because they sell pens. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people when it was the scrapbook store were disappointed in their selection. So maybe a t-shirt shop is a better idea. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. That'll do it for Rapid Fire. All right. Next up, I'm going to discuss our experience yesterday at the Grinchmas Character Breakfast over at uh, Islands of Adventure. Uh, Julie had mentioned this. Last week in her rapid fire that they were doing this Grinchmas character breakfast. And uh, we had been over at Universal last week and um, had uh, – we were walking around and I, you know, just kind of dawned on me that, you know, all right, it might be, might be cool to check it out. Um, the first day they were offering it was uh, December 6th, Saturday, my birthday. So I figured, all right, you know, we'll go do it. So I asked Teresa to go ahead and call them and we set it up so it was uh, – uh, Teresa, her husband and kids, and uh, uh, myself, and, and well, Walter was going to be there, but he didn't get out of bed in time, and uh, my friend uh, my friend Jeffrey. So we, we headed over, and uh, all right, let me just preface the whole thing by saying I was already in a mood. I mean, Teresa will, will, will vouch for this. I was not exactly pleasant uh, this particular morning. Um, I really didn't feel like going to a theme park. It was my birthday. I just kind of wanted to sleep in. Um, had to get up early so I could be at the theme park by 930. And I got to tell you something. I love Universal, but they hire some really stupid people to work these turnstiles. How difficult is it? Scan a card, move. Scan a card, move. This is not rocket science. We're not reprogramming satellites. It took a ridiculous amount of time to get into the park. And it wasn't that crowded to begin with. So already I'm walking in there and I'm um, half cocked. We get into Confisco's Grill, which is where the character breakfast is being held. And I think, how many times do we have to give them our name? Like, oh, six four. or seven? It was four, I counted. Um, it was ridiculous. It was like, you know, are we on the list or not? Well, eventually, they, they seated us on time. 9.45 was our reservation. They seated us. And, uh, you know, girl came and, and, and got our drink orders. And it was a buffet-style breakfast. So, get up and head over to the buffet. and uh, Nothing really out of the, out of the ordinary. Your, your usual fare. Uh, scrambled eggs, grits, bacon and sausage, waffles, French toast, cereal. Uh, the, the one unusual item. On the on the menu was the green eggs and ham sandwich. Ew. Um, yeah, ew. So, okay, you know, well, you know, they have the green eggs and ham kiosk over in Seuss Landing, and the few times that I've actually gone over there to have green eggs and ham, it's been, you know, I've I've liked it. It was good. They were good sandwiches. I mean, usually it's you know scrambled eggs with green food coloring, so nothing nothing too, you know, crazy if you can get past the color of of the eggs. So, as I started eating, 
my breakfast. I'm like, okay, this is basically mediocre buffet food. This is not, you know, there's nothing here really jumping out at me until I took a bite out of the green eggs and ham sandwich. To my horror, (laughs) the eggs had spinach in them. That is where the green was coming from. They did not use food coloring. They used spinach. Now, why, in the name of all things holy, you would put spinach anywhere near a buffet that was aimed predominantly at kids, especially in an item like green eggs and ham, which kids are going to be drawn to? I don't know. I don't know too many kids that are like, oh, mommy, more spinach, you know? And so, and me, you know, John, John will tell you, Walter will tell you, spinach, I... I'm not a big vegetable person, but I loathe, loathe <laughs> spinach. I loathe everything about spinach, color, texture, taste. And it was all I could do. They were telling me the look on my face when I realized there was spinach in my egg was priceless. <laughs> and now, I'm, like I said, I'm already in a bad mood, and now there's spinach in my damn eggs. And we took a picture. We opened up this. This 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 sandwich and we and we actually took a picture. It's going to be uh, you can you can see this on the blog disunplugged dot com. Uh, took a picture of it and the only way I can describe what this sandwich looked like was that a small animal had gone to the bathroom on my breakfast after eating something that it should not have. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most unappetizing thing. Teresa was holding it open and I, I just I took a picture of what was there. We didn't have to arrange it. So at this point, I'm saying the character interaction at this breakfast better be somewhere north of phenomenal, or otherwise I'm going to spend the rest of my life trashing this buffet as my mission in life. And we waited. And waited. And waited. And waited. For 40 minutes. Now, there are plenty of characters. This was Dr. Seuss, or uh, uh, Cat in the Hat. Cat in the Hat. Uh, uh, Thing 1 and Thing 2. Cindy Lou Who, her brother, um, I don't remember what and his name her was. brother, whatever Mel, Mel, Mel Who, <laughs> and uh, and the Grinch, and they were all over the restaurant at everybody else's table. Oh, they come close a couple times. They just <laughs> apparently we had kryptonite on our table or something like that, and they just kept avoiding our table. They were grazing your table, <laughs> basically. After 40 minutes, I finally, because I, I, I still with this taste of spinach in my mouth, I grabbed the manager and I'm like gritting my teeth and I'm like, we have been sitting here for 40 minutes and not one of these characters has come to our table. And I don't know if I scared him <laughs> or what happened, but he went and he talked to the handler that was like corralling all the characters and said something to her and then the next thing we know, the Grinch is over at our table. Now, I got to say, all the character meals I have gone to, and there have been many in the last 20 years that I've been either vacationing down here or living down here, I have never, ever seen character interaction like this before. This was amazing. And I'm going to have to issue a long held, a retraction to a long-held belief I have had. The character interaction cannot make up for bad food. In this instance, it absolutely did. The guy playing the Grinch was spectacular. I'm going to show you guys the video in a second. So we have video posted 
on the site. It's on our YouTube channel already. Um, because I really wanted people to see this guy in action. Teresa had told uh, one of the, I think, our, our, ser- waitress, our waitress, yeah. our server, that uh, she had named her son Max after the dog in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> and this got back to the Grinch. Who, is this true? Yes, yes this is, is true. all true. <laughs> true story. And it got back to the Grinch. And he took it and ran with it. Now, I'm telling you, this guy spent a good solid five minutes at our table. Oh, he did. He did. And, but it started before he even got to our table. He was like, Max, Max, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to watch. I, I cannot do it justice trying to imitate what this guy did. He was this. I, I tell you, he was he was incredible. He was absolutely incredible and single-handedly saved this breakfast. I would have walked out of there so disappointed because, like I said, I was in a foul mood. I walked out of there in a great mood. They did such an amazing job. All the characters were great. Once, oh, they, once were. they got to our table, and, and I noticed that, you know, and I was thinking about this yesterday, Teresa, that I think maybe one of the reasons it was taking so long is that they were doing a lot of tableside right. interaction, all the characters. They, it wasn't just the typical stand and pose. But you said they came near you and didn't stop at your table well, for 45 minutes. Well, for 40, it was 40 minutes exactly. From the time we sat down until the time a character actually showed up at our table. They were at the tables around us, you know, doing their shtick and all this other stuff. Because like I said, it wasn't, they weren't, you know, how normally the characters come to your table, stand, pose, shake hands with the kids, hug the kids, move on to the next table. That's not what they were doing. These characters were, uh, most of them were face characters, most of them were speaking the only ones that weren't speaking uh, were the were the things things right. one and thing thing one and thing two. Now it wasn't that they didn't stop at your table because you were in a mood that could be seen from space. And uh, they thought they were- I don't know. You know, maybe maybe, maybe they moonlight as farmers for the like this, uh, like spinach farmers, and <laughs> they heard you. They heard, heard me going off on the spinach. I don't know. Only I mean, I say jokingly, but if if Kevin and I go someplace and do a restaurant review where there's characters. We don't get the same character interaction as kids get. But we had kids with no, us. No, Stella's eyes were falling. We had so they were like we had Stella. Oh, yeah. We had a six-year-old, a twelve-year-old, and an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, her there. head was swiveling, looking at him, watching. So no, I mean it certainly was not that it was a table full of adults, and we're going to ignore that table. It was obviously a family. Okay. Um, the and, fact that we put our head down and cover our eyes is <laughs> probably the reason. Well, it was, and again, and, and like I said, they were. Especially the Grinch. I got to tell you, this guy, I write in my review that this guy not only deserves a raise, he needs a three-picture deal. This guy was so funny. Oh, no. Had the whole table, the whole restaurant. Everybody in the restaurant was laughing. He had the whole place going. And he had, he hit this note. He, he He hit this high note that, I mean, he's obviously trained. He obviously has a trained voice. And he had this note that had the whole place going crazy. Um, he was so animated. And I never in a million years thought that I would go to a character meal. Because you've heard me complain about it, that no amount of character interaction should uh, overshadow bad food. That you're paying for, you're paying for food, you should get good food. And I'm, and I'm not going to say that the food was bad. Yeah, get the spinach out of the eggs. I liked it. Okay, yeah, but you like spinach. I love spinach. Did, you, did your children eat it? No. No. Hence my point. 
If you don't like spinach, which a lot of people don't like spinach. There's a lot of people that like vegetables that don't like spinach. Why put something like that in the eggs when green food coloring would have accomplished the same thing? It's also kind of a surprise. If you're not expecting a flavor and it's in there, it's kind of shocking. Yeah, well, not the kind you want. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's not the way it is in the book either. If they had said, you know, green eggs with spinach and ham. Right. And yeah. they should be prepared for it. Oh, Kathy went for the purest point of view. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the book. <laughs> So I think in all, the, we had about 10 minutes, about 10 minutes of character time between the Grinch and the other characters. They, and when I say they interacted, like I said, you got to watch the video because I can't do it justice. But it absolutely saved our breakfast. Did you get it on video when he was way across the room yelling at Max? No. I'm watching you. No. <laughs> no, it was. Um, but it was for, I think, for the seven of us. With my annual uh, pass discount, including gratuity, came to one hundred and thirty-eight dollars. Um, Holy smokes, that's cheap! Yeah, it was. It's, it's nineteen ninety-nine for kids, and, or nineteen ninety-nine no, no, for adults. I think it was sixteen ninety-nine or fifteen ninety-nine for kids. And so it was not an expensive character yeah. meal. Like I said, the food, the eggs were all right. The, I thought the, uh, the eggs were a little runny. The uh, about the, sausage? the sausage was kind of fatty, um, and like there was nothing particularly extraordinary about any of the food. It what was the first version of his book? Runny eggs and fatty sausage. <laughs> <laughs> and then it became green eggs and ham. Well, I, well, I well I refer to it now as uh, uh, green dump and ham. <laughs> oh um, was the name That's of that bad. sandwich? Was green dump and ham? Um, and I entitled my review "How the Grinch Saved Breakfast." Did the manager come back then after? Yeah, absolutely did. And you know what? This is what, another thing that really impressed me was that they were that staff, the staff in the restaurant, from our, our server to the manager to the other servers, everybody that was working there, they really were making it a priority to make sure everybody had a good time. They were oh, not nice. going to let anybody walk out of that. If they knew somebody was unhappy, they were not letting anybody walk out of that restaurant unhappy. And that went a long way with me. They didn't know who we were. They didn't know that, you know, we have the site and that the video we were taking was going to be put up on YouTube and seen by thousands of people and that we were going to be doing this review. Um, to them, we were just another guest. And when I expressed that I was upset, because it was obvious I was upset, that we had been sitting there for 40 minutes and we had no characters come to the table, he got right on it, came back to make sure we were happy. Our server was wonderful. She was on top of that table every minute we were there. We never had asked for a drink. Um, she, she always had, you know, the orange juice and the waters and the coffees were always full. Um, and for, for for twenty bucks, the entertain the Grinch alone was worth twenty dollars. The Grinch, I would go back just and skip the food and just to interact with the Grinch. He was hilarious. All right, where's the video? I want to see it. All right, well, I'm, let me wrap up my. Review. Okay. So, well, I'm almost, I'm done anyway. Um, so I can honestly, honestly, honestly recommend to anybody, go do this character meal. Go in managing your expectations for the food. If you're expecting a gourmet breakfast, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if you can deal with standard issue buffet character food, um, go for the entertainment. The Grinch was amazing. Interact with him, and he's going to interact with you. Uh, the characters were terrific. The only thing that was a little disturbing were the, the who people. All looked like rhino, rhinoplasty gone wrong. <laughs> um, 
Sandy Lou was creepy. Yeah, they were creepy looking with their like you know kind of weird noses and. But the makeup job was very good. Right. I mean, they did a great job with the makeup. But uh, so it was. It was overall. I give it. I give it high marks based almost entirely on the character interaction. So if you're in town through, I think it's January first. They're running this through January first as part of their holiday happenings at uh, Universal. Absolutely, make the reservations. Go over and check it out. It was. It was worth it. It was worth every penny. It's just breakfast. Just breakfast. And yep. what, are, what, what are the hours that it runs? I think eight to ten thirty. Eight to ten thirty. Yeah, I think you're right. So, absolutely worth it. Yeah, we just took a break so I could uh, show those guys the uh, the video. We'll have a link to that video. Actually, we'll put it. We'll, we'll embed it on the uh, show notes page so you guys can take a look at it. Like I said, the guy was the guy was amazing. The guy doing the Grinch was amazing. It reminds me of Jim Carrey when he played him. See, I never saw. I never saw the. Uh, oh, he did a great job. Uh, as the Grinch. Uh huh. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I got to be honest. I would I would absolutely go back again. I would absolutely go back again. So. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment. We're going to talk to uh, Kathy Whirling a little bit about... Uh, she went over to the Magic Kingdom for the parade taping. Um, actually, went for two days. <laughs> what was it like? Uh, it took two days. I imagine they must have had uh, some issues. Uh, let's just say it was very disorganized. Um, I'd gone in years past, and I, I thought it was... You know, I mean, it, it's slow. You You sort of expect that. But this year, it was like... I don't know if it was too many chiefs and not enough Indians or, you know, what the story was. But yesterday we had to be there for 7 o'clock to be escorted through the gates. So I got there at about 20 to 7. And the line, they were letting you in on the right-hand side of the turnstiles. The line for people to get in for the parade taping was back to the contemporary. And that's no lie. Cause I, when You're I, kidding. I couldn't believe it. I said to the people around me, I said, why didn't the monorail just stop? at the contemporary and let us off that's how long the line was because there had been some talk about disney wasn't going to hand out tickets for the parade taping well apparently what they they did they did open it up to the public but apparently yesterday was um like dance group people families there was 800 dancers in the parade and apparently everybody in those families got tickets so that's where a lot of the extra people were from. But I, I'm sure we've all you know, been there and, and watched when they do crowd control. They must have let the crowd control people have the day days off because it was terrible. If you feel like you want to be squashed like a sardine in a tin can, Friday and Saturday was definitely the really? days. It was – they let you – in past the turnstiles and like yesterday in the morning, then, um, you know, where the I'm, I'm talking with my hands here and you can't see this, but you know where you, you're standing in front of the train station and there's like a, a planter over on the left as you would go to um, go in the Magic Kingdom that way. That was where the, the left-hand side of the line was. But they jammed all of us that had been standing out on the sidewalk into this space. And everybody was already up close and personal with their neighbors. And cast members kept walking by going, we need you to get closer. We need you to get closer. And I'm just really surprised somebody didn't freak out. Something didn't happen. And then when they started to take groups in, everybody was like in a big hurry to be in in groups that everybody then was sort of like running over people. It was the most badly managed crowd control I think I've ever seen. But I went over Friday afternoon 
and apparently Friday morning's taping had been canceled. I don't know what the problem was. But so Friday afternoon, they, they squashed us all in. And Friday afternoon, it, it was pretty warm. It was like 78, something like that. So you're up close and personal with all your neighbors. And the way they had the stage, and I always get the names mixed up, but where the flagpole sits, that's Town Square. Not That's not the hub, right? It's Town Square. The stage was there, but the stage was surrounded by bushes so that you couldn't see the stage. It was like, you know, you had to peer through the bushes to see what was going on there. And when they set everybody up, David Cook was playing, and they set us up so that his back on the stage was facing the Magic Kingdom, and we were behind him as the audience. But the way the stage was set up and with these trees – you couldn't see him up on the stage. And it, it was just, and people were there like, but I want to be seen. And they spent more time telling people, oh, you're going to be seen on camera. You're going to be, but there was no way because we were like down behind the bushes and there was no way that that camera on a boom could get down to where we were. It was just, you know, all these people I've seen on the Diz that always get so excited about when is parade taping because they want to be there. I would just say, run away. Run away quickly. Don't. And sat. And then yesterday morning, we stood on Main Street for two hours and 45 minutes before they brought the first group of performers down the street. And then they stood for another 45 minutes or so before they finally even did anything. And I don't really think that it takes them two hours and something to put people on Main Street. That was all done by 7.30. So I don't know what the thing was. And then yesterday, I think a lot of people came because Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, was supposed to be there. And I had heard beforehand that they were worried about how they were going to do this because they thought, you know, Miley Cyrus, people were going to mob her and all this kind of stuff. So I guess, you know, I don't work for Disney and they didn't ask me how to do it. But it seems to me that that would have been the time that maybe you would have had her perform before the parks opened. Just so you know, that's never stopped Kevin (laughs) <laughs> or any of us, <laughs> or any of us, for that matter. He usually goes and tells people where to stand and how to do crowd control without being asked at all. Um, I just want to remind people we're taping this on Sunday, so you're talking about yesterday being Saturday. Saturday. Yes, it was just you know it. So she eventually did perform that afternoon, um, and again, it was another one of those. You might have had tickets, but anybody that was in the park could have gone up and. Sooner. I mean, bless those people that stayed for the rest of the day. I only signed up for the morning session, so I was glad to leave when it was time. But it was just, you know, I'm sure it's going to look really nice on TV, but I don't know that I'd go back to another parade taping. I guess you really have to want to be part of that. It's that nothing that excites I really me. don't. Yeah, nothing that interests yeah, me, I, but you have to be want to be part of it because you're not going to enjoy anything. Well, and, even I, I got where they lined you up on the street i was in the midst of a group of families that were part of the dance group and it just so happened that when they stopped on the street that's where they were and even those families were disappointed in how long things were taking and you know uh like how were their families going to meet up and it just very disorganized but the one bright spot is um billy flanagan that does the um like the emceeing going down main street 
that guy is awesome. We've seen him before at the parade tapings, and apparently he used to be part of a Ken and Barbie show at um, Epcot. I think I've heard him say this before. He also is in um, the Nemo show. He was also in Tarzan Rocks, I think. He's he's a great performer, but he kept, you know, kept informing the crowds, and he was, like, jumping up and down on Main Street, and he kept us you know, like entertained, but in years past, they actually had cast members that would do cartwheels down the street, something so that like, you're not just standing there for three hours, checking your watch to see what was going on. And Friday and Saturday, it was just like, I don't know, Disney just didn't have it together. Now you've been, you mentioned you had been to parade tapings in the past. Um, those experiences based on those, you would want to go back again. Based on prior Right, but ones. the one yesterday, if it was going to be run like that. No, I'd rather have a root canal. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was really bad these last now, it, I wonder, is, is, is Disney responsible for the crowd control? I know it's an outside company that produces the... Uh, I think they must have had every cast member that worked in Magic Kingdom on Main Street. Some with the little orange things, you know, guiding you down the street. Uh I swear I saw and, and managers from Magic Kingdom. You know, I mean, I'm over there enough to to know who a lot of these people are. They were all out. It's just, I think it was the production company just. And then for a while, then Billy went away. So then there was nobody on the street to tell you what was going on. And even an announcement every now and then, you know, something. I mean, the last couple times I was really impressed at how they tried to keep you entertained. And this time it was like. Hey, we let you in the park. We gave you a free ticket, and now we really don't care. This is how it felt to a lot of really? people around me. Wow. Did you wear your holiday sweatshirt? I most certainly did, and I was right there on the sidewalk. I had my holiday shirt. I had my hat. I was, you know, all decked out in my holiday finery. And <laughs> and sat there for two days. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know, and I said, you know, I, I wanted to see Miley Cyrus, and... Or even Regis and Kelly. They didn't come out till apparently after I left. So, it, you know, if you were coming to see it, I think a lot of people would be disappointed. And if anybody's planning on doing this next year, go to a different park or stay home. One of our listeners has posted pictures on our uh, the Diz Unplugged board of Miley Cyrus, and they got a picture of Kelly Ripa hugging her husband. No, hugging her daughter. The yeah, husband's standing there. And the daughter was, because I thought it was really touching that she was, like, caring for her daughter while she's supposed to be. I know. It's the picture I saw. She's oh, definitely okay. got her, hus- her arms around her husband. Oh, okay. Well, there was one that she had her arm around her daughter, like, I'm working, but my daughter's my priority, too. I thought that was really nice. It's a good shot of Miley. You got a real close-up. Yeah, I, that's what I wanted. She, I, yeah. You know, I wanted to see them up close. I wanted to see Billy Ray. But, you know, apparently some of the, the people around me from the dance group had, like, a schedule but as they were looking at their schedule, it, you know, it wasn't happening according to the schedule. Unbelievable. You'd think by now they, you know, it's not like the first time they've done this. You'd think they'd have this down with science. Right. It's like this. they went backwards instead of forwards. Well, I wonder what happened. I don't know. I'm sure. I, I can't wait to watch on Christmas Day to see how it. Well, it just seems like from the very beginning in terms of the tickets, uh, you know, whether or not there was going to be tickets given out for it as it was in years past. There was just a lot of confusion surrounding this. So I think from the very beginning, that's why I wonder if it, how much of this was Disney and how much of this was this production company. Because I know the production company was responsible for the whole ticket thing. And it seemed like there was a lot of disorganization going on there. So I'm wondering if they weren't part of the crowd control issues as well. Well, I'd, I'd put the blame 
on Disney too, because it's even like when everybody was checking in, they would only let so many people into like the area. They had like tables set up for security, and then they would only check in so many, and they would go up to the turnstile like they were gonna, you know, take you in in groups. But then they just put you like in the holding pen, you know. So I didn't see where they needed all these extra people to, you know, they could have just gone step over there. It's too many cast members like barking orders making everybody really uncomfortable. So you don't think it was an issue that they were understaffed? That oh, maybe no. Disney was cutting back on staffing? No, or? they had plenty of people there. They just didn't know what they were doing. Right. What a shame. What a shame. Well, thank you that for that, Kathy. It's a good cautionary tale for anybody <laughs> who's thinking about uh, doing this. Because, yeah, we hear it all the time. People want to go for the parade taping. And, you know, at least if you're going to do it, go prepared. You're going to be there for a while. It's not going to be, you know, you're not just going to show up, get a spot at the par- you know on the parade route and... The parade's going to go down in one pass, and well, people think it's going to be like the Macy's Day Parade, where you know you just no. sit down and watch it on TV, and it goes past you. It's not like that at all. It's not more like, like that a production. No, exactly, exactly. We had a slightly, we fared slightly better, I think, at the Candlelight Processional uh, yesterday. Um, you know, we do it every year, the Candlelight Processional dinner package, and I had decided. Back in July, oddly enough, because normally I don't plan anything for my birthday, but I had decided back in July that for my birthday, this is what I wanted to do. You know, my family, you know, go have dinner and go see the Candlelight Processional. And uh, we went to Chefs de France for, for dinner. What do you think of it? Phen- oh, well, I, I've always loved it. I've always loved it. Every, I've, had, I've eaten there four times uh, in the last year. And I can tell you that uh, just so consistent, so consistent. Um, we we got there at four o'clock. We're supposed to be there at ten to four, but we were running late. Got there at four o'clock. They seated us right away and had our table ready for us. And I mean, from the serve, I'm not going to go through a whole review, but the service, the food, everything, just perfect. Pete, can I say something? Sure. Every five or so minutes someone came out to celebrate a birthday and each time pete's face got this stricken look like <laughs> better not they be were me. coming to me they're coming to me <laughs> better not be me. oh well I, I they were all warned they were all warned that if anybody starts singing someone's gonna die oh, we we have the agreement ahead of time it just better not happen it better not happen well the same thing happened at uh, the character breakfast yeah and I had told them ahead of time it was your birthday because I didn't know that that you did not like that, but they had forgotten. No one likes that, <laughs> really. Oh, I did that for my son for his twenty-first birthday, and he threatened me that I He's should not. He's in therapy do- to this day, and I'm not like, yes, no, I oh, didn't. No, 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 no. I had the worst experience thanks to this one sitting to my right <laughs> um, when we came down with Ellen for my mm-hmm. birthday. That was Ellen's fault. And at the uh, at nineteen hundred Park Fair, not only. <laughs> Did my birthday get acknowledged? But I had to get up into the middle of the room with Mickey and Minnie and about twenty-five-year-olds. Oh no! <laughs> while the whole place sang "Happy Birthday," oh, and I had to wear this ridiculous hat. <laughs> okay. Oh, I could see why you wouldn't want to have that. Thing. Oh, let me tell you, that's why people are threatened. Well, my son had a nice one. They did it at Beer Garden, and they called out his name, and they sang a song or whatever, and he thanked me for it afterwards, but he gave me those looks while it was going on, like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you good. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I mean, we had, you know, and, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned to uh, Walter while we were having dinner last night was that, you know, you think about the volume of meals they have to cook at a restaurant like Chef's de France. 
that is almost like cafeteria volume, yet how it comes out. It's you know it seems like every meal is I don't I don't know every time I've eaten there, and I always have the lobster bisque now. Anybody who listens to the show on a regular basis knows I do not eat seafood. This lobster bisque is out of this world. That's awesome. Um, Walter, you had what? The pumpkin soup? Yeah, I had the pumpkin soup. And how'd you like it? It was very good. I liked it a lot. And you had, uh, what did you have for dinner? The uh, beef tenderloin. That's right. With uh, scalloped potatoes and green beans. And you were, you were loving that? It was all very good. Yeah, I had the, uh, the, braised, uh, the braised short ribs. Oh my God, they're good! Oh, unbelievable! It's one of my favorites, and they look so tender. All I said through the entire meal was, "How do they get this meat to melt in your mouth yeah, like it's that?" Crazy. We're going there for Christmas Eve for the candlelight, and I'm, I'm, I already know what I'm having. Yeah, it's and and the ch- I know Mom had the uh, Mom had the, ro- the roasted half chicken, and again, of course, really always good. delicious. And what I noticed was that I think one of the reasons I like this restaurant is that. The menu is not exotic by any stretch of the imagination, yet everything they prepare is really true to a French gourmet style. The most exotic is duck, right? The, I would say the duck, which Max had and loved. Max it's true loved bistro it. fare. Yeah. True French. The thing that amazes me, is I don't know how they do it, is the quality of light in that restaurant is different. Yeah, it's a warm glow, and I don't know if it's a different color light bulbs or not, but it actually makes everyone look good, and it just looks comfortable. It's well, my mother was like, oh, she kept saying, oh, this is such a beautiful restaurant. This is such a beautiful restaurant. That's also a great restaurant where no matter where they seat you, it's a great seat. They've got sort of that atrium in the back. They have the the windows in the front. They've got those great seats in the middle. Don't if you're ever going to go there, don't get caught up with oh, I have to have a window seat. Or anything like that. Every seat in that restaurant is great. And I loved how perfectly our meal was timed. From uh, when our appetizer came out to... Because with the Candlelight Processional Dinner Package, you get the appetizer, main course, dessert, and non-alcoholic beverage. And the timing on everything. Just the right amount of time in between courses to like relax and you know enjoy it. But without you know, it taking 15 years to get your food. And again, you're serving a table of, we were 13 people, 12 people, um, serving a table of 12 and, you know, bringing everything out on cue and putting everybody's meal down at the same time and everybody's meal being hot, everybody's meal being well prepared while the restaurant is packed because there was not a seat available in this restaurant, which did, did my heart good to see because for the longest time, and it still is to some degree. This is one of the easier places at Epcot to get a reservation, which I'm glad about. But it will always, as long as that's the case, it's always going to be on my top ten things you're not doing in Orlando list, which we're going to be refreshing in January. Um, but it's it was just wonderful. I mean, the whole experience from start to finish, the meal was the meal was outstanding. Um, and then we headed over to now, Pete. The only thing that was a little odd was. Your mother had thought that the payment for the meal had already gone through. Oh yeah, that was that was the the uh, yeah that was a little weird. Um, what they what they do is they put what she I think what she saw was a hold placed on the card for the amount, and she thought my mother thought it had been charged. So when they brought the bill, she was confused and afraid that you know it was going to be charged twice. It used to be done that way. Yeah, you used to prepay, right. and they gave you um, credentials. You right. wore credentials. They don't do that anymore. Right. You uh, pay at the restaurant, 
And then after you pay for your meals, when you get your ticket, your, your little sticker that you put on to get you into the candlelight processional. And the uh, let me ask, how many people do you think the American Guard, American Gardens Theater holds? As in people watching the show? How many? Yeah, how many seated seats? people? Yeah, I'd say eight hundred. I was say seven fifty. Eight hundred, seven fifty. You guys? About that. Yeah, about that. Fifteen hundred people. Wow. Really? Fifteen. I asked. Wow. I asked because I thought I was saying the same thing about maybe between five and seven hundred. Fifteen hundred people. And the reason I asked was because the line of ticket holders, of people who had done the dinner package. Was right outside France? <laughs> Almost. Almost. By the, time, by the time they actually started letting people in, because when we got online, we were Japan. We were, we were Japan. Um, and it extended and as far as you could see behind the us. Line, the line extended all the way back to Morocco. And it was... And we heard somebody say, we heard one of the cast members say, that not all of the ticket holders would get seated. Mm. No, that's not true. And I, yeah, that's not, because I went and I double-checked every piece of paper I saw where they sell in the, the, the dinner package, and they have no caveat there saying that you may not get seated. The, it's the only way to be guaranteed a seat, because there's this huge line on one side of the ticket holders who bought the dinner package, and then on the other side of the theater is the line for standby. standby. And those poor people are the ones who are going to sit in line for two hours and probably not get in to say it. Who was your narrator? Our narrator was uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell, okay. who is a, uh, a if, you, if you're familiar with Broadway at all, he's a pretty famous Broadway actor. He was in Ragtime. He was in, I think he won a Tony for Man of La Mancha. Um, an amazing voice. The man was an animatronic. He did a great job narrating. But in between narration, he would stand there like there was this big old stick up his butt no expression other than this like like this cheesy grin and would not sing with the music his lips didn't move he just sat, sat stood there with this blank stare and this like ridiculous grin but i don't know what else he would have done if he started singing then you would think he was trying to run the whole show you know well no i mean they hold all the narrators all of them sing a lot oh, cuz i mean this was my first time so they cut know. their they cut their mics i mean one of the most one of the most expressive people we saw recently. Um, it was either last year or the year before we saw Cheetah Rivera, and yeah. she's going to be there this year. Cheetah Rivera is amazing. You could tell that standing amongst all those people singing, you could tell she was moved by it, and she was animated and involved. And when they would stop singing, she would be the only one up on stage applauding. So she was clapping for them when they would finish when they would stop singing, so she could speak. Rita Moreno, Rita Moreno was the same way. Rita Moreno was so into it. And these are, I mean, those are Broadway legends. You know, you know Brian Stokes Mitchell is famous. He's not his way. But he's, he's not a legend yet. And I just got the impression that he wasn't going to sing along because he had that, that Broadway ego saying, I don't sing in a chorus. Mm. Um, was just the impression I got. I could be completely wrong. But there was something very disingenuous about his performance. Um, you know, he, he was acting out a part. And whereas when I've seen Rita Moreno and Cheetah, uh, uh, Cheetah Rivera do it, they were i mean it was real i mean they were they were performing absolutely but there was something really tangible behind what they were doing and like i said you know the narration was wonderful and he has that you know cuz brian stokes mitchell has this amazing voice and uh, most people will probably know him better from a, he had a recurring role on frasier as uh, frasier's uh, nemesis uh, upstairs neighbor cal 
I think Cal, Cal was Winston. Yeah, Cal Winston. Yeah. I also remember. Cam. Cam. I apologize. It just hit me. It was from, something like that. Yeah. He was also on Trapper John, like. Oh, was he? Yeah, like a really long time ago. Oh, I didn't know that. I have a question. From where you were sitting, was there a, one of the Voices of Liberty that stood out? You know, it was really hard for me to see the Voices of Liberty because we were down in the front off to the left. And we had the percussion section of the orchestra right in front of us. So I really couldn't see them. Why? Why do you ask? The last two years we saw it, there was um, a black girl. And She's gorgeous. Yeah, I saw a girl, one black girl. Yeah, was there. This one's kind of a big girl. And you could tell. We went no, one day. No, she wasn't big. I don't know. We went no one, one day out. and sat. The conductor, we had really good seats. The conductor, when they were singing, would sit next to us. And I leaned over and I said, I've gone enough that I'm familiar with the program. And they had put in little sections where she had, she would like have the last solo note. And I said, has this been changed for her? And he looked at me and he said, not many people would notice that, but listen to her and you can figure out why we did it. No, there was nobody doing a solo piece. I didn't think she was going to, going to last in that. She was too good. To last as part of an ensemble, there was, I a, there was a black girl. There was a black girl up there, but uh, she—I I don't recall her having a solo. I can say that the choir that we saw, and I know that the, you know the, they have a lot of different choirs that come in and do this. The choir that we saw was particularly good in Any comparison fainter? to Prepas. Yes, we had one fainter. Did you pick him out beforehand? No, that's what we do before the show <laughs> starts. Well, what I noticed though was this was a much younger group. Than I've seen in years past. Whereas uh, in in the past years, I've noticed that there's been a good mix of young and older, younger and older uh, singers. This uh, the the um, the ancillary choirs, the 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 one in the the ones in yellow, were almost all high school age. Um, I didn't see any older singers in that group. So it was uh, it was pretty. uh, I, that that that's the one thing I did notice, but it was it was wonderful. It was a wonderful performance. Um, it was Walter's first time seeing it. It was Teresa and Kelvin, the kids' first time seeing it. My mom and I go every year. Um, you said there's usually a fainter. Uh, yeah, there's oh, yeah, somebody faints always. Yeah, oh, every year. Yeah, and we go and we sit, and as they're filing in, we'll say to each other, "There's the fainter." <laughs> and then as you get wa- points if you pick them out, of <laughs> as you're watching them. Every once in a while, you'll see them singing, and then one will start to waver, and you think, they're going down. Yeah, what this girl did was she sat down, and then somebody came out. And My understanding is that they have to be there very early so that they don't have a lot of time for anything else. And then they go up, and they stand, and they're standing very, very close together under a great deal of scrutiny, and they're singing almost nonstop, and that's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Pete, how many people do you think were in the choir? I mean, there's... You know, I, I, I saw the number at some point. I thought it was 300. That, that sounds all? about right. Yeah, um, it looked like so many more. It looked like there was... You know, yeah. Sounds about right. I don't it's, want to intimidate people who might not have a dinner package. This is not literally a show you have to see. If you can get within earshot of the theater, there's other than the grandeur of seeing that many people sing, if you can hear, if you're in within earshot, it's still going to be a good experience. It is... It's much better when it's dinner and a show. Oh, I agree. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you, for as much as I will complain about the $54 per person price tag for this, one of the things that I, I, I realized last night, that $54 for that dinner, that dinner, 
at Chef's de France. And that show, not bad, is not bad. Um, there's very few places anymore that for 50 bucks you can get dinner and a show of that caliber. We agree. And, See, we uh, do it on Christmas Eve, so it's even – you kind of fig- factor that in too. Yeah. We went over earlier in the week and saw Neil Patrick Harris, and we just stood in the back, and it was nice to to see him. And you know, we didn't have to. We have dinner reservations, but we went over to see him. Was, was he, he good? awesome? I don't think he was awesome. He was. He I was, got that. <laughs> he was. But our our favorite is Gary Sinise, and he's not. He's there not this there this year. year no. no. No, but it was it was a it was a fantastic experience, and I can. You know, again, highly recommend the Candlelight Processional Dinner Package. Just pick your uh, pick your restaurants carefully. Um, France is absolutely a great bet, even if you don't think you're going to like French food. It was the reason I passed up eating in France for many, many years because I was like, "Ah, French food, I don't like it." If it really, I'll tell you, it's a great menu. There's something on there for everybody. On the kids' menu, they have these little mini steak burgers. And if you ask as an adult, you can order them. Oh, really? They've done it, and they're good. <laughs> Did you have the rolls that they bring to the table? Oh, of course. The French bread, the baguettes. Oh. Actually, that's what my mother's excited about on Christmas Eve. The baguettes? The, should you just don't get Dipping those baguettes in that lobster bisque is like one of those things that I absolutely look forward to doing. I see. I love the French onion soup. Yeah. I am starving. French onion soup is so good. I know. It's making me hungry. I'm telling you. All right. Well, that is going to do it for... Uh, my my comments on the candlelight processional it's also going to do it for our show we hope you enjoyed it thanks everybody for your input thanks everybody out there for listening and we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable and as always never forget stay out of the damn lakes and don't go to the ballet <laughs> <laughs>